You are listening to the Salty Witches Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Austin, and I am joined tonight by Mike. Welcome, Michael. Hello, yes, I am here. And um, we're going to do another little witchy rambling sesh tonight. We're going to try and bring some focus to it, but yeah. I don't know. I, I know you have talked about, we always talk about things we want to do on the podcast. You know, we always have that conversation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of what we've discussed in the last few days that I would really feel would be kind of like, oh, we should talk about this on the podcast. Um, my mind's just, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just drawing a blank at the moment. But um, I thought. I know one thing I wanted to talk about this week, um, and this is just because I think I've had a couple of interactions with people, even in recent weeks, uh, around this topic, and I, I just, I just shake, I have to shake my head. I just, I can't understand the, the, the these other people's perspective on this, or, or where they've been learning. But basically, I want to talk about, or talk about healing magic, um, like you know, using our craft to actually enact healing, right? Um, and the interactions that I was referencing a moment ago, these were conversations I found myself having with people that were basically of the opinion that we shouldn't do healing magic. What? Like we, sh- we shouldn't, as witches, we should not use our power to to work healing, uh, physical healing, you know, whatever kind of healing on other people, right? Um, I... And I was just really taken aback by that. One, one of them actually he went so far as to say that, that working healing on someone was basically just another form of power over. I love that. I love that expression, power over. It's a very... Uh, do, do they not understand that power over happens no matter what type of magic you're doing? You, you're having power over nature. You're having power over energy, power over yourself, power over your situation. And it doesn't matter... It doesn't matter if you're doing it for the highest and best good of all. If you cast a spell to get a promotion, the per- per- person who is up with you to get the promotion and doesn't get it, then you've just had power over their chances. Well, I think maybe, and maybe, I guess maybe that's the thing is, is that if you're careful about how you're doing your workings, you know, and you, you, I think you get some guidance from your spirits who very often have different perspectives on those situations, right? Um, and you are very careful. You don't just immediately rush out and buy a candle and whatever else it is you may need for your working. If you actually sit and take a moment and think about how best can I do this? How best can I, you know, I, you, you can work a very effective spell, okay? Like the situation you, you just mentioned, right? Where mm-hmm. you, you, are, you do a spell to make yourself kind of like the, the, the best choice for the new job. Right, so you ace your interview, you're gonna get your new job, but you're absolutely right. The fact that you got that job now means someone else didn't. Yeah, and so in doing your working on that, rather than, um, and I want to just stay very clear, right? this is not, I'm not saying this is the right way, this is just a way, okay, uh, or a way that I would work something like this, but you're going to do a spell, and you're gonna structure that spell in a way that you see the energies around that employment situation, the people involved in the interview process, the people processing your paperwork, HR, whoever it is that's ultimately going to be involved in that, right? That you do your working in a way that allows those other influences, 
within that situation allows them to work with the energies of you know of what you're trying to manifest you know I, I'm, I'm going there because I people often throw out that phrase that power over phrase and it really bothers me that because I think that that also speaks to a very colonialized way that we see a lot of contemporary witchcraft being practiced and I guess what I mean to clarify that is that the concept of having power over something to imply that you need to have power over someone or something that concept of power over to me um, once again, I think it, it can create confusion in people when they're learning because we don't necessarily, we don't need to have power over anything. We can use our, our magic in a way that works and weaves through the other energies around situations so that we see uh, a greater likelihood for what we need, right? Yeah. You know, it's like, so we're not, we're not forcing our, our will necessarily, though we are, uh, on that situation, you know, and not doing anything certainly that would, that would be outwardly harmful to anyone else. I mean, I would hope, right? Um, yeah, but I, I think that in the process of doing that, working in that way, like, like allow all of these other energies to align in a way that, that is going to get me this result. But you could also, in the process of that, say, you know, let the energies around the situation align, align in such a way so that the best decision is made uh, for the, the job candidate themselves, right? And that other opportunities will will immediately become available for those who do not receive this job, right? And I know that might sound really complicated, but there are ways to do that. You you can get you can get that particular or that specific with your magic. Um, I just think we need to look very carefully at this power over kind of thing because as you were explaining it, you're absolutely right. Every everything that we do is is a manipulation in some way, um, and well, exerting influence over a situation. Well, and a lot of these people are also the same people who are like. Back to the roots, back to the roots, back to old, the old ways, the old ways, the old ways. I want to learn the real stuff. And it's mm. like, okay, well, power over is the real stuff. Yeah. That's, that's what we as witches did. That's yeah. what we as witches were contracted and hired to do was to bring power over a situation. And sometimes that meant chucking a hex, chucking a curse, chucking a domination. You know, yeah. sometimes it meant doing that. Other times it was handled differently. But we always have power over, no matter what we're doing. Yeah. At least we should as a witch. Anyway. Otherwise, you're not really doing anything. Anyway, okay. Well, that was, okay. Well, you're right. I agree with you. Um, sorry, but anyway, I want to kind of refocus that line, though, because I, I really I kind of took us in a very different direction. Okay. Getting back to healing magic, though, as a focus for, for kind of the beginning of my talk today. Um, when I hear this from people, you know, I, I'm just amazed because... I think if you, you look historically, archaeologically, culturally, if you know, just everything that points to what anybody who would potentially be identified as a folk magician, a folk practitioner, or a witch, the majority of what those people are doing, the majority of what's going on in their practices, looking again, even just what we know of some of these, these more ancient practices or traditions, right? The majority of what they were doing was healing mm -hmm. work. Well, that's why th there's terms like cunning doctor, folk doctor, root doctor, mm -hmm. yep. is because we were the people that the masses would seek out when people couldn't really afford a doctor or mm -hmm. doctors had failed. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, there are still situations where around the world where where people still live that way, right? Where they live, maybe they're somewhere very rural, 
right? Because they are disenfranchised or mar- or disen- uh, or mar- marginalized, excuse me, disenfranchised and marginalized uh, in some way. Um, they, you know, they're not given access to the same uh, medical care as, you know, as many other people would be able to have access to. I mean, there are a lot of reasons that the people in, you know, in our country are not able to go see a doctor, right? Um, but in in looking at that, I mean, these would be people that would be like, well, I, I, I don't have access to this, mm-hmm. but, you know, my neighbor over here or this, you know, who knows, this particular person within the area is really well known for their knowledge of herbs, you know, and things like that, you know, those kinds of natural medicines. And I, I know why do I want to make it sound like we're, we're saying that those, those, the herbs and the natural medicines are, are really the best way to go. Right. We're not, we're not, we're not getting into a debate right now around, you know, the, the evils of the pharmaceutical industry and the American medical industry. Okay. But, um, but you would very often, you're going to go to those people that are like, you're here now. And, you know, you might not, you know, be able to, who knows, like take my, take my appendix out, but who knows, maybe you've got knowledge of some sort of herb that'll help me get rid of this migraine, right? Who knows, maybe you've got some sort of knowledge or, or you can do a working of some sort that will, you know, who knows, you know, just minor shit, right? But, um, but yeah, but I, I think that, again, if you look at these practices, and I'm not even just talking historically, I'm talking in a modern era, you know, where we're at today, um, healing I still feel should be I would say more than half of what we're doing I agree with our magic you know and I um, you know and when I obviously when I say healing I'm not necessarily just referencing physical bodily healing right um, you know and I, I want to get I want to say to people who listen to this if you are deciding that you're working with a magical practitioner to enact some sort of healing that doesn't mean that you don't still have the responsibility of going and seeing your doctor Right, you you can go and see your doctor. You can help get some assistance from them on helping you to recover or balance that situation. And why the hell, you know, what 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 does it hurt to approach that from the other side of that situation and actually get some help from the spiritual? Right, um, I think that's a really cool example of how you know we can do both magical and mundane. Mm. Right, we need to. Well, when we when we talk about healing magic, we're not just talking about like oh boo boo. We're not talking about that. Healing magic falls under uh, falls under the umbrella of benefic or beneficial magic, and healing can come in many forms, from cleansing yeah. to um, to even sometimes hexing or cursing. Well, I mean, you've got other things in there. You know, you've got um, well, and again, to be more clear, like you've got healing that happens in many different levels, right? Mm-hmm. Different forms. You know, I mentioned specifically a moment ago physical healing. Um, but I know people that, that do workings to assist, you know, their, uh, you know, their psychotherapy. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, even little things like, like help me to, you know, help me to go through the process of recovering therapy just a, a little more quickly. Mm-hmm. Right. Or that or help, the, help the... my, my, my therapist, I'll make sure my therapist is always, uh, you know, right on, you know, right, doing their best as they're showing up for my appointments. Right. I mean, there are little things that you can do like that. Anyway, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, and, and, and things like, um. As simple as people putting their medication on their altar and charging it. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you if you're putting if you be, you put belief in these things, then yes, you have to understand that something like that would be that would be a very easy uh, transfer of energy, yeah. right? You know, kind of shaped by your your purpose or your intent. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I guess I guess getting back again to my to my main point, I'm just I'm just amazed by the response that pe- I get from people on some of these things, and um, you know. I, I don't get it. I, those of you who are listening to this episode, you know, you, you may disagree with my position on this, but I, I really, I think that 
with the, the power that some of us are able to, to cultivate and the knowledge that we're able to cultivate and the I would hope I would hope some you know some some level of compassion and empathy and understanding of, of the world and everything else that's going on around us um, I would hope that you would be making a point to, to do consistent healing work for that could even be for your, for yourself for people that you love who knows complete strangers you know I think there were a lot of us that were doing um, some pretty intense healing and and protective work on the Ukraine um, when the the Russia Ukraine conflict yeah started up again you know um, directing healing even in a situation like that can I think really ultimately be a benefit mm-hmm. um, you know particularly when you're working in tandem with many other witches yeah or folk practitioners so um, yeah, I don't know. Don't be afraid to heal. There will be a lot of people out there that will tell you, oh, well, you know, you're going to do this thing and it's going to, you know, cause... The, I mean, those are those are the mentalities, right? Like, I've had those conversations with people before where, like, well, you're, I'm doing a healing on this person and they're like, well, you used too many candles in your spell, if you, you know, if you used candles for a spell like that, right? Mm-hmm. You used too many candles in your spell and all of that fire is just going to burn out your target. And it's like, well, I mean, if that's... Your if that's your intent at the time that you're casting that spell or doing that working, then yeah, who knows? You could be onto something there, right? Because the element of fire is one that we probably need to limit a bit more when it comes to doing healing working because we don't want to... Usually we don't want to bring more fire to people's bodies. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but fire can also be a very powerful purifier. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a source of light, right? Sometimes uh, fire or light can be a really good thing to factor into our spells when we are going into a situation that we're not entirely sure of or aware of, you know, and again, I can see an example of that in healing. You're doing healing work for somebody who, you know, they don't know what's wrong, right? They're waiting for test results from their doctor, you know, on a blood panel or something, you know, but this is somebody who is, you know, they believe, right? And they, they understand and they've had some experiences that show them that magic is real and this is, you know, this is something that works. Um, you know, but to, um, you know, to, to, to work with those people, right? Um, in, in a process like that and, you know that's okay. I'm not, I don't even. I'm not even go there. Um, yeah. Anyway, I know. I I just realized once again. I'm I'm tangenting. Um, but I I I just want to say like you know, do, do do healing work. Yeah. That's yeah. That's basically it. Well, healing work is so important to have in your arsenal as well because if you don't know how to hex, you don't know how to heal. If you don't know how to heal, you're not going to be very efficient at hexing. Some of the most potent and powerful, baneful practitioners I know are some of the most potent healers. Well, because you, I think you, you learn a, okay, would you support this? Okay, I, I think that, because my, my, my personal opinion or belief on that is that you, you can develop some really cool approaches and techniques around things. Mm-hmm. If you've had the opportunity, opportunity to look at those situations or what's created those situations from like a completely opposite perspective. Yeah. Right? It's like you're going to learn as someone who is also effectively doing baneful workings, you know, like, oh. You know, I know if I'm directing negative energy at this particular thing, or, you know, like, I know then now where I would have some idea what I could do differently, or how mm-hmm. I could reverse this, right? And maybe that would be something that I could use somewhere down the line to repel or to negate, you know, the, the negative effect of someone else's spell, yeah. right? Um, so, yeah, so I think at the very least, you, you owe it to yourself and your practice, I think, at least to cultivate the knowledge, you know, whether you ever actually do a, a hex or, or a curse or whatever and hopefully those of you who are listening I would hope that you would all be living lives that didn't put you in a position to have to do curses 
right? For yourself, for other people, I, I would hope that that would always be the case for you and that your life was, was free of the things that create injustice and imbalance in our world. Um, but I think all of you are, are smart enough to understand that we, we don't live in that world. No one really gets to live in a world right now where everything is just perfect all the time. Unfortunately. Although it's pretty perfect right now. I mean, I got management on my lap. Yes, yes, management is, uh, yeah, so Scout and Roxy are, are with us today as we're recording. And Toby, big boss um, man. And Toby, yes, Toby the big boss. Yes, yes but he's not feeling well. Um, I, well, he and Scout too, Scout got a, got some shots today, so I think he's probably stressed. Yeah, Roxy anyway, just still that's okay. shit too. That's okay, remember, we're not, we're not doing a, uh, this is not a video cast, so, you know, the conversation around the activities of the dogs has got to get boring after a few minutes. So, I don't know. How dare you? I know. They're right here. Yep, I know. They heard everything. Um, is there anything else you, you wanted, wanted to talk about, Austin? Like, in regards to healing? Well, either that or, uh, you know, just... And we just, are kind of just rambling. Just anything, you know, we're kind of rambling, you know, when we I'm do these episodes. Admit, yeah. I'm going to admit, because I'm, I'm goofy, I might be a little inebriated. Uh, you're being very quiet. I don't know if people can hear you. Austin's, I might be a little inebriated. Austin's altered at the moment. Um, I was going to about Fibro Day. You're, hey, you're good. I'm not judging you. Um, but we are kind of going to ramble, and <coughs> I will try and keep it together. I, I apologize for the cough. Um, I will try and keep it together. I got this. So something that I do want to talk about is the syncretization of deities. We've talked about this a lot, but I've had someone recently like try and argue with me about Artemis and Diana being the same. Ah, okay. Like and they're like, "Well, no, they're the same." Like even like straight up through their myths, just different names. And I'm like, "No. No. no that's not true." Yeah. That is most definitely not true, and whilst there is similarities, that does not mean it's the same. And that is something I think that confuses a lot of people when it comes to uh, certain folk practices that would be considered closed. Like egg cleansings. The general yeah. act of using an egg to cleanse something is not closed. You'll find that in pretty much every folk practice and most witchcraft practices, if you're being honest. Yeah. Um, it's the prayers, the process, sometimes the number of eggs that you use. And if you crack them and read them, and there are people like, well, no, that's only a Latin American thing. I'm like, no. Wolvomancy has been used quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. But you're right, though. That is, that is a good example, I think, of where you, where you see some of that confusion popping up. Yeah. And so it, it frustrates me. And I, like, in the midst of trying to, like, explain, I just kept finding myself saying, Diana's Diana and Artemis and Artemis. And that's, like, the easiest way to, to describe it for me is that just because things are similar, they're still different. Yeah. They're still different. Legba is not a legua, though there are synchronizations there. Yeah. Um, Hecate is not... Ereshkigal. Ereshkigal. You know? There's... Uh, Hecate is also not... Hecas. Like, that's... Yeah. These are different things. Just because there are similarities doesn't mean that they are the same. So what's, what's your take on this? Because I've also often wondered if this is something that adds to the confusion 
of that particular issue where we see different deities kind of kind of like you know blended together mm-hmm. into one right um i've often wondered because this is so this is something that happens you know this i've often wondered if it is has been over many many years i'm talking centuries potentially um where these same stories are shared within a culture right mm-hmm. um and hold on, i'm trying to figure out how to explain this okay so basically um you're gonna have jeez, oh, i'm struggling with the words for this right now um this is your topic or your your thing um, okay, so basically this is where I was going. All right, so... Are you talking about how Wicca says that all gods are one goddess? No, 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 no. Okay. no, no. That's not what I was going to say. What I was going to okay. say is, it, I think if you look at... Uh, if you have an understanding of a lot of the uh, traditional witchcraft, particularly like some of the traditions coming out of some of those older countries, those older practices, mm-hmm. um, I think that I've seen time and time again where you sit a a witch down in, in a room and then you put a pagan down next to them who isn't a witch... And you ask them to tell you the same story, the same myth around a particular god or goddess, you're going to still get different stories there. Both mm-hmm. of those people can know absolutely everything there is to know about that god, right? Um, but because of their different uh, pools of knowledge around their practice, right? Mm-hmm. And because of their different levels of experience with these things, right? You're probably not going to see a pagan and a witch. You know, not always, of course, right? Because I understand that those things overlap, right? You get pagan witches and witches who identify as pagan. But um, but, but a pagan and a witch, you know, typically, historically, they're going to have been different. Yeah. In the way that they view the world, mm-hmm. the way that they fit into their cultures, the way that they, you know, their the way their practices worked, right? You know, they were going to be very different. And so it's often it's been a question that I've had, like, okay, do we see issues like this where we pop up with, like, this misunderstanding? Like, well, Artemis and Diana are just the same goddess. Um, which we understand no couldn't be true because the original, the older myths of the Roman Diana are nothing like Artemis's mm-hmm. uh, origin story or any of her shit. They're very, it's very clear they're very different gods. Uh, but if it would um, really just come down to an issue of like, well, you know, the witches tell it this way and the pagans tell it this way, right? You know, and neither of them is necessarily wrong because we're talking about gods, so who the hell knows, mm-hmm. right? Um, but, you know, very different spirits, but because of those differences in, in perspective in those those different communities, you know, over time you just see, like, well, it's probably just easier for us just to just, let's just mush these two together because it's just easier, mm-hmm. right? Or who knows, maybe one of those spiritual practices died out, right? Like, who knows, maybe the pagan cult fell apart or the witch's coven, you know, imploded as they often do. Um, yeah, I don't know this has kind of got me thinking about one other like kind of a related topic so the history no no you know that's okay i i feel like i totally interrupted your your, your point here with this one and, and no you I, did not well you just got really quiet so now i'm just kind of like I'm that's like, because i'm like I'm i've like, just interrupted austin so much so much on this no episode. it's it's because it's because one of the managers is right behind you mm-hmm and I'm like, don't lean back, you'll crush that. Oh, I won't lean back, but God, she puts off a lot of heat. She's like right against the, a small of my back. I know, she's like a little heating pad. Oh, it's terrible. 
it's terrible. Well, that's what originally um, Shih Tzus were bred for, is to keep people warm. Yes, yes, they were, like, they were supposed and to And also be because their louds are so high-pitched and resonant, Ugh. it was to alert the yes, castle guard. exactly. Well, and, and she actually acts like she's she's the guardian of the house most of the time. That's so, true. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go back to that a little bit, you know, I... I'm th- you've got me thinking about that now. You brought Do this it. up, the Artemis and the Diana thing. What I think, what, again, you see th- things like that. People who make comments like that. This is going to take us back to something that I I kind of dug into in a mean way a couple episodes back, I believe. Um, but it seems to me like those kinds of perspectives, like well, Artemis and Diana are just the same goddess. Like it seems like I hear that shit a lot from Hellenic pagans, from Hellenists. Um, you know, I have a personal issue with Hellenists. Um, it's not, you know, them as people, you know, I'm sure they're all lovely people, but I have an issue with what they identify as their religion, because that seems like that, the use of that word, the idea there and the, um, you know, the reconnected origins going back to the beginning of many of their pagan, you know, myths and things, right? Um, it, it seems to me like all of that has kind of given them this sense like, well, we're more established as in our practice as pagans, right? Like, you've got other communities, like, you know, like, like the Celts, right? Oh, God, you know, or I should say <clears throat> the Gaelic, you know, uh, spiritual communities, you know, um, and you've got a lot of people now who, you know, they have roots in that area of the world, and they're trying really hard to kind of reconnect there, particularly as it relates to their spiritual practice, mm-hmm. but so much of that was lost, yeah. right? A lot of what people are doing with that now is... Is, is reconstructionist and, that, and there's nothing wrong with that that's totally okay um, you know but we need to be honest about that you know um, so you see this community dealing or community dealing with this right you see um, you know say like we'll talk about the Norse pagan community right which is very briefly we also know a lot of what they're doing a lot of what's going on is also like reconstructionist there you know even even historians are saying you know this never really happened these people never really did this this would not have been a component of their culture right you know um and so you've got these people now that are like well i still need to make this work because i'm invested you know and so and so they ultimately they kind of forge their own path right and so that's how we we now see the ossature yeah community coming into being right um so you see cultures like that or as ravenstone right? calls them the wicked true the wicked true yes um so so you see cultures like that um you know around you know like okay well and, and I mean, and, and their spiritual practices in a modern context, right? Like you see these cultures where, you know, you've got people who, you know, I, to my knowledge, there isn't really, there's no like Celtic pagan religion, right? Like that's not a thing. You get lots of different spiritual practices, but to my knowledge, I don't see that the, the Celts, there's not a single group that would stand up that would be like, oh yeah, we're a religion. I'm I not think, counting Wicca. I think there is one, but I don't know. Okay. So I'm, I'm unfamiliar. Anyway, okay, so, okay, that, you know, but anyway. So I, I guess where I'm going with that is that, like, there are lots of other facets of the pagan community, not the witch community, but the pagan community that align to particular cultures, particular pantheons, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and even even some of those groups, some of those communities that proved to be kind of more problematic, even even they're not stepping up and saying like our way is the right way, right? Like it's a very Christian thing, mm-hmm. um, you know, mindset. Um, anyway, but getting back to what you were saying though, I hear that kind of shit coming a lot from Hellenists, and I think it's because they 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 go so by like their books, right? Like we mm-hmm. have all these history books, we have all these ancient texts, or these translations of ancient texts, right? Um, and and all and, and so we actually have 
structure for these practices. And it's like, well, how nice for you. You chose to, to follow the spiritual practices of, of the cultures and communities that actually wiped a lot of other people's cultures out. So good mm-hmm. job. You know, you made, you, you, I guess you chose the right team, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but then it's unfair for you to say, well, this is what pops up in my religious history. This is what pops up in the, the history of this particular culture and these particular practices. Um, and because that's what's been written down and what they found on this old slate somewhere in the Middle East, right? Uh, because of that, that makes what I do a religion. Like, this is a religion. One that we're practicing today, which is ridiculous because you're not. You're still Reconstructionist, just like everybody else. Um, but, you know, there's, there's, I don't know, there's just this attitude that they get. No, it, I totally uh, get it. And it makes me crazy. Anyway, I'll, I will quit rambling and fussing well, on that. <clears throat> well, the thing is, is even if we follow that down... If you were to go back and ask an ancient Greece, Grecian uh, pagan and an ancient Roman pagan, if Helios was the same as Apollo, their response would be no. And they'd probably kill you. I don't know if they'd kill you, but... Um, they, were, they were fairly open about you know, that kind of intersectionality or that kind of synchronization. But, but, but my point is, is they would say no, but they are similar. Yeah, you know, people like to throw. Um, for some reason, they really like to throw Hecate and the Morrigan into like the same boat, and I think it's because yeah. of the triple goddess thing. And neither of them are triple goddesses. No, not, not in the way a lot of people think. Not anyway. in the way that a lot of people think. Well, and Hecate's not a triple goddess anyway. But she is. We look at it in like you know. Lancy and Sky or Celestial Well in those ways but I mean world. as far as like these these archetypes of like Maiden, Maiden Mother Crone yeah, yeah no she's, she's not yeah. um, and and even the Morrigan is not that um, yeah. so so we see this and people are always trying to fall back on the well historically and it's like well historically they were completely separate cultures that and the fact that you're using that as a fallback is that you're diminishing each culture's personal and historical experience and relevance. Yeah. That's true. Look at me getting academic. Not a good thing to do. You shouldn't do that to anybody. That's a very... Don't again, do it. That's a very uh, Christianized way of handling Which, that. I get it. You probably were brought up Christian. Well, so, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. The process of... The, the, the roots for the behavior are in there. But even even though maybe the belief may change, yeah. yeah, I get that, yeah. But I don't know. People need to try to be better. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else that's hit my radar in the last few days. I was like, I got another one. Sure, let me have it. Here's a question that I was actually asked: How do I learn witchcraft from spirits? Oh, okay. And my first response was, you should already be doing that. Like, you should Hmm. already, on your path, if you're calling yourself a witch, in my opinion, have some sort of connection to those things. And should be being guided by those things. Whether you know it or not. Okay, so is that... Okay, so is that what they... I, meant? Where, so I mean, what they it like meant that kind of literally what they know they're t- I'm talking literally 
this person wanted to only learn their witchcraft from interactions with spirits. Okay. Which is not incorrect, but unless you already have an established, like, you're a medium, that's going to be really hard. Well, I mean, gotta make sure you're obviously dealing with the spirits you think you're really dealing exactly. with. Exactly. Which means you should already have some sort of connection to some sort of spirits that would be guiding you along that way. You know, they should be guiding you to find the book that is best for you. They should be guiding you to, you know, the individuals, as long as you're living up to your practice. Mm-hmm. They should be guiding you and pulling you to the individuals that would be best to either help you or point you in the right path. Whether that is, nope, don't want to go there, or no, that seems really interesting. Yeah. And to think that you could just sit down and meditate and learn all of your spiritual practices, witchcraft, magic, folkloric traditions, from a spirit that you're supposedly having an interaction with. That's... I'm, I'm going to say probably not unheard of, mm. but also... There's like no one who can teach you to do that. Unless you, like, decide to develop your mediumship skills. Or am I just in the wrong? No, I... No, I... I'm... Roast me. I know. I can't disagree with you on this, because I, I think you're right. I, I, I was looking at this kind of more from just the... Maybe kind of the more, like, actual, like, practical... Uh, you know, maybe maybe I would say more, more mundane kind of a way. Mm-hmm. In that I, I would say you really probably... If you wanted to to try to do something like that, I I don't know that that would ever really be, um, like you should not that that shouldn't be one hundred percent of your of, of where you're getting information mm-hmm. for your practice, like you know like there, you know you could have a spirit, uh, telling you you know like oh hey go out and harvest this herb and brew this tincture and drink this. Right, and you're gonna be like, well, this is what the spirits told me to do, right? Yeah. And, I, and I realize this is kind of an extreme example, you know. Well, maybe, but did the spirits also tell you that the herb that you just consumed was toxic, and now you're gonna die? You know, did they tell you that? You know, um, and so, so yeah. So you just, I think you just you need to be really careful there about like, oh, whatever I get from this source is now what is going to be, you know, what I do, right? Or this is mm-hmm. now going to be a foundation in my practice, or at least follow it up with some research. Yeah, you know, like float, float that idea around maybe to a couple of other practitioners, right? Yeah. Say, what do you think about this? Or have you ever heard anything around the, about this? Maybe like, or, you know, are you aware of a parallel kind of a thing within, you know, within the, the you know, the traditions that we all follow, right? I mean, that, that would be, I think, a good conversation to have. You know, it's like, kind of like what I tell people, like when you're learning something new, that that information with at least like two other sources, mm-hmm. somewhere between the three, you'll, you'll get the truth. Um, yeah. So I, I believe it is possible to learn from spirits because ultimately that's what we do. Whenever we have some sort of unverified personal gnosis. Okay, so that's an interesting idea, or that's an interesting point. So when we have a moment of gnosis, a personal, a moment of personal gnosis, right? We kind mm-hmm. of, kind of become a little more aware in that moment. So, do you feel that that is something that is created by our spiritual allies, or that they're the ones bringing that to us? Like, I, how, what's your, what's really, when in looking at that piece of that, what, how does that work for you? I'm not trying to say you're right or wrong. This isn't an I gotcha kind of a um, thing. This is a, I'm just, I'm just genuinely, I really want to hear this. I believe 
and from my experience that when we have Gnostic moments or moments of Gnosis, those are brought on by the appropriate alignment of our spirit allies as well as our spirit and soul alignment. Okay. So it's 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 it uh, gnostic moments are usually like the aligning moment where the the hose is completely unkinked and everything is flowing very directly. Okay. All right. It's, it's a straight stream of 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 information. Hmm. Versus where all the other times there might be a little kink there. It might be twisting and turning a little bit. It might be having to fight uh, an upwards motion, you know. But those moments of gnosis are that boom, direct, instantaneous. Here it is. Okay. All right. And I think that it's not just our spirit allies as much as it's a, it's, it's a team effort, and happens when there is a true connection made to that concept or that idea. Okay. Because we must remember that UPG should always become VPG. There mm, should always yeah. be some something that you can go, okay, there's another practitioner who does it this way, or there's something similar to this. Because remember, Gnosis isn't just straight up and down, black and white. Yeah. This is what it is. If someone tells you, if you get a Gnosis of... Utilizing a particular plant that has purple flowers and smells of and and and, ha, and has a smell to it, mm. but you don't know what type of smell. Yeah, you know, automatically you're probably going to go to oh lavender. I need to use this lavender. All right. But if you're sitting there and you're in the middle of a spell that's geared more towards um, heavy duty cleansing, not just like light purification, uplifting of energy. Mm-hmm you might not be getting that right alignment. It, it could be hyssop. Okay. You know, even though hyssop's flowers can be blue, but, you know, it varies. Um, so it could be so many different things, and it's just you need to verify that connection because sometimes it's more of an idea or a thought form than it is an actual... Gotcha. Let's talk about UPG for a moment. Okay. Okay, because we we we, we talked about. I UPG. was babbling for a minute. Sorry, yeah, I was trying to find words. You're, you're good. You're you're. Uh, words are hard. You're high. Um, I am, and I'm also starting to get a little dry mouth. We'll drink some water. Um. Don't get dry mouth on the podcast, man. It's like a desert. All right, so let's talk about. Okay, so we we've talked on the podcast before about UPG. You know, un, unverified personal gnosis. Right and what that what that is. You just kind of mentioned you know kind of the the opposite right the VPG which is the verified or verifiable personal gnosis. But mm-hmm. I think that VPG gets a little tricky because I think there are a lot of people either that think, well, if I do this ritual, um, you know, and I, you know, like I basically like you know I'm, I kind of do my own thing right. Like I, I'm gonna do something that doesn't really involve 
you know, instruction from a teacher or information I got from a book, right? I'm just going to, I, I, I kind of just, you know, who knows, got a whim, worked purely intuitively and did a ritual and had this experience, right? Now, the experience that you had is in that situation going to be your UPG. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I would hope maybe you would have someone, at least a few other people to talk to, right? It would be aware enough of what you were trying to do with your ritual and open enough to have the dialogue, right? I would hope that you would then be able to relate your experience to others and that then in the process of that, a lot of these other people, and I mean I mean a lot of these other people come back with the, oh my God, that's the same experience I had. That's, you know, I can verify that because the same thing happened to me. I saw the same thing, right? That is when your UPG becomes VPG or verified personal gnosis. It's it's not that you need to, you don't need to compare every personal experience that you might have by what, like the, you know, the author of your favorite witchcraft book has to say, right? You, you don't need to go necessarily to, you know, the big names and, you know, and the people that are, are you know, of course, considered, you know, important influencers within the witch community, right? You, you don't need to be going to those sources for, to, to verify your personal gnosis. But in the process of getting some verification on your personal gnosis, again, I want to say, talk to a lot of people and seek out, if you can, the, the opinions of people maybe that you're, you know, that you're not already connected to, right? Um, and, and talk to a few different people, people who also are not interconnected with each other, right? That, that's really going to be the only way for you to get enough of a spectrum of feedback to really compare and like, yes, this experience I had happened to like, you know, 30 other people, you know, um, and they, they have verified my personal gnosis. They have verified my experience. Um, does that, I think, like I said, I think there's a lot of confusion around that, you know, what? like, well, what do I do to make sure that it's not just UPG? I'll, I'll give you, I'll, I'll give an example of how, how it can happen. So in my Reiki class, specifically my level two, um, I do individual mini attunements essentially to start off with. Um, we usually start at right at the beginning of each session um, because it can take a minute depending on how many people are in the class. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of their level, uh, at the end of their second mini attunement, they are asked to draw or share an image or what they experienced on a visual level during uh, visual, spiritual, physical, whatever level during that attunement. And I have them draw it and write it first. And then when we're finished with that, we share it with the class. Everyone intuit, intuited or gnostically, whatever, downloaded a symbol that is utilized by us in that particular stream of Reiki, um, as well as particular colors and particular um, particular movements. And then once we shared it and synced everything up, everyone was like, whoa, we just had this same thing. So I confirmed, and then they got secondary confirmation from everyone else in their class. All right. And then I validated everyone else's experience. Yeah. 
and that's you know, and and again, you run into some trickiness there under with the circumstances that you made right. Because if you're in, you find yourself in that situation where you're getting validation from like a teacher or someone that would be in some sense kind of an authority mm -hmm. uh, in the sense. When I say authority, I mean that they have probably some potentially unfair influence over you and your practice. Mm -hmm. um, you've got to be very people are, are very very careful that those people are um, ethical and honest. Right, I, I would hope, though I absolutely understand it's difficult to be able to always feel like you found a good teacher, an honest teacher, a reliable teacher. There are a lot of people out there that are claiming to be teachers, and oh my God, boy, they, they shouldn't be. Um, you know, and it can be tricky. I think it can be difficult, uh, or it's become difficult for people to be able to figure out, okay, who can I trust, who's real, right? Uh, but regardless, anybody that you're going to be working with in that capacity, you owe it to yourself to really to vet that person very carefully, make sure they are what they claim to be, and that they can actually do for you what, what you want them to, um, you know, without harming you in some horrible way or stealing all your money. Um, but I... Yeah, I don't, I don't know. You need to be very careful about that, though, that kind of dynamic as well, right? When you're looking at verification for your your, your, you know, your UPG, make sure that isn't somebody that's just going to kind of come back with, oh, yeah, and bullshit you for some horrible reason, right? Mm -hmm. um, I'm not saying you would do that, but but in the, in the story you were sharing, like, it could have been very easy for you if you were somebody who was, like, a shady, dishonest, like, I'm just here for your money and yeah. for the power trip kind of people, and we see a lot of them, right, in the light worker community specifically. Um but it would have been very easy for you in that situation to basically say what ever, anyone in the room said to you and go, yep, that's right. That's exactly what I see, too. Look, you're getting it. You're so powerful, mm -hmm. right? You know, because um, that, that's what they do, right? Mm -hmm. they, they butter you up, and then they take everything you have. Um, anyway, um, yeah, so I just I think, you know, those power dynamics are always important to consider. Yes. Is there anything else... Anything else that's that you've been just, I don't know, lying awake in bed at night thinking about Austin? Any, uh, other, any other riveting dialogue? Uh, I mean, spoopy season is coming up. That's very true, yes. Um, and I'm not looking forward to the, the veils thinning. Oh, It's yes, no that's... longer going to be here. Yes. That... And I'm like... Okay. Yes, that that every year. Whatever. Know. It's an interesting idea though, because you know there is historical precedence for that. The concept of that, they are the veil thinning, uh, particularly around you know Halloween, right? Mm -hmm. Um, that that like there are that goes back a long time into a lot of different cultures, right? Kind of like that. Um, just that thinning of the the barrier between realms, right? Um, but you do hear that a lot though. I think it's because we, we really, in general, we, we, we kind of misunderstand the veil. And I don't think that that's information or, or how something like that would really work. I don't think that that's really something that any living human being would, would really have knowledge of. At least, at least not 100%, right? Like, I, like I, when conversations like this come up, I, you know, I always tell people, like, if you ever meet someone who can look you in the eye and tell you that their spiritual practice their gnosis, whatever it is, that they are absolutely correct and that that's exactly how everything in the universe works, that person is a crazy person and you need to run away from them really, really fast because they're crazy. Oh, no! <sighs> yes, exactly, just like that. Um, so, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Was there anything else? 
Um, well, I want to talk about some of the practices that we're going to be seeing because we, we always have this. Did we, did we just finish that last section without really without coming to a point? <laughs> I think we did. Okay, jigs up. I have to come clean. I'm I'm also uh, I'm also a little high. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why we did this. Now I'm sitting here thinking. I'm like I'm like I feel shame. I feel as though we we've we've, we've let down our listeners. Um, but who who knew who knew that edible would be so strong? Um, oh, it just hit me. Anyway, it hit me like. T- like 20 minutes ago. <coughs> so anyway, my point, those of you who are still with us, if you have not already, uh, you know, signed off in disgust. Uh, with this, <laughs> oh, with no this, one's going to sign off in disgust. Episode. I'm not talking about that necessarily. I'm talking about the fact that we have probably have not been able to maintain a, like, get to a cogent point. <laughs> That's or, okay. Or maintain a clear line of conversation for, like, that- the last almost 50 minutes we've been recording now. God. That's the, It's, it's um, cool. Oh, no, I, well, it, it, it can I'm, only be cool right now, right? I'm, um, uh, now we have to, like, just be, I don't know, funny the rest of the episode. Well, I thought, I, I'm pretty sure we've been fun, kind of funny up to now, but anyway. Um, Mike was trying to hide it. I wasn't, yeah, I was like, well, so uh, the reason I wasn't going to come clear, uh, or come clean initially on this was because I am just so respected within our community that I didn't want to harm our listeners by killing the dream that they have of me being the the perfect podcasting witch the, or whatever. Yes, the perfect podcasting witch who apparently I just, can't, is no. so mean to me. So, oh well, yeah, well I do well I, I I get I get paid extra to be mean to you. I do pay him extra for it. I do I do pro bono work though too. Um, anyway, so so I want to talk about a little bit of like so we have the autumnal equinox coming up in September. Okay. For those of you who are unaware what the autumnal equinox is, it is also commonly known as Mabun or Mabun or Maboon or Maboon or Mayboon. Um, oh, all those different Gaelic dialects. Um, and uh, I just want. You- want to say if you are a witch or a pagan or just someone who enjoys the podcast who doesn't celebrate these holidays as of the wheel laid out by the neo-pagans such as Gerald Gardner and stuff that is okay because we're getting to that time of the year where there's like uh uh a holy day, a Sabbath, a Treguenta, whatever you want to call it, mm. almost like every month. Well, there's a reason for that culturally, though, historically, right? Because it was important in a lot of the cultures that would have something similar to what we see with the Wiccan Will of the Year, mm-hmm. right? And many of those cultures, you know, like it's it's dark and it's cold now. Yeah. And so it's important for us to, to celebrate. It's important for us to have you know, great big bonfires. It's important for us to do this, right? And to connect to our community. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Which was, you know, I think at one point the actual original spirit for the holiday season, right? And uh, now it's just about buying things. You better buy me things. I thought we weren't buying each other stuff. Right? We said we were going to have a, an easier Christmas this year. Yes, we're on the gift giving because, as I always say, it's just a lot of crap that we don't need because we already have too much crap. Yes. And... 
But yeah. if you're if you're one of those people or you're one of those practitioners, don't don't feel any shame. Don't feel like you're doing anything wrong, because I find that a lot. I find a lot of people who don't really feel a pull to those things and so they think that they have to practice those things to be a witch or a particular flavor of pagan or or whatever and what flavor i don't know okay and cherry garcia and uh and they fall back on these like oh simple simple things to honor this holiday and it's like, okay, but you're not part of that culture. You're not a part of that religion. But you're doing this because you feel obligated to, because you see everyone else do, do it. And every damn book out there talks about the will of the year. And so you're just like, I guess this is what I do. And so don't worry about those things, you know? You don't have to do Lunasa. There's nothing wrong with Lunasa. I thought it was pronounced Lunasa. Weird. <laughs> yeah, please go on. <laughs> um, or Lamas, as it's also called. Um, which so, is, so the Lamas is, the, is what the Wiccans call it, right? Uh, they Depending on tradition, depending on covenants, which is between Lunasa and Lamas. Okay, but, I mean, but traditionally, though, I thought that Lama... I, the reason I'm asking that is because I can see this kind of winding you closer to your point around Mibon. Okay, but... Where so so is there a distinction between Lunasa and Lamas? Lunasa is specifically celebrated usually in more Celtic practice and Celtic focus, where you would see worship and connection to the Celtic or Gaelic god Lu. Okay. Whereas Lamas is more about the harvest. It's an acknowledgement of the first harvest of grain, I do believe. Mm. Um, okay. And doesn't necessarily center around one god in particular, except for the in Wicca, the young god going into his his, his like manhood father phase. Gotcha. And then after that, he goes into a sage phase where he then you know at this point they've had a bebe and all that other stuff. Gotcha. Okay. So you're talking like the old fertility rites. Yes. Okay, gotcha. Okay. And that's what a lot of the Will of the Year is based off of, is fertility cults. Yeah. yeah. It's for kil- fertility cult practices. Yep. And so if you do not celebrate those things, do not feel bad. I can't remember the last time I, I did a Lunasa ritual, and I have management in my face. Um, I can't remember the last time I did a Lunasa ritual. I think the last time I did it was when I was still Wiccan. Yeah, well, I, I would assume as much, because you know? there really is no point in celebrating Lunasa if you're not so, well okay I, that's not fair I, I, I do this thing and I know I do this because I'm not Wiccan um, but I always do this thing where I in my brain I, I basically I equate Wicca with like traditional English craft mm-hmm. not necessarily in practice because they're very different in practice but uh, but just like you know oh they both come from the UK they both came from these particular cultures mm-hmm. came, you know and I, and I know that I know that's not not always the case. I, you know, I'm, I, I need to, as an outsider to that tradition, I need to, to stop kind of just making that, that assumption or that connection. But, yeah. Oh, you better watch it. Anyway. So, yeah. Mabon. So, Mabon um, is the one after Lunasa, or the next upcoming one. And Mabon is about the harvest of the, I think the, um, I think it's the harvest of the last fruits, traditionally. 
or yeah, what you would see yeah, like or something. Don't look at me. I'm and, <clears throat> and it's also the descent of the gods to the underworld. And most cultures around this time will have, around the autumnal equinox, will have some sort of, will have some sort of right. Okay. Finish your point, and then I have a question. Uh, honoring those things. Okay. All right. So let's let's talk a little bit about this because Medon specifically uh, is a Welsh god. Is a, well, okay. Yeah. No. Well, yes. You're right. Okay. <clears throat> um, though even that is argued within the you know the Gaelic pagan community. Um, but uh, the, just the the holiday itself is is, and the acknowledgement of that holiday has been kind of a, a, an issue of debate within some branches of the pagan community for a long time now, right? You've got people on one side of that argument that are basically saying, like, like this was basically made up to to complete the spokes of, of Gerald Gardner's Wheel of the Year, right? Um, I'm not saying that's that's true, but I've heard that. Um, you've got, um, yeah, you know, you're going to have other people. Yeah. Sorry, Austin is making Scout the, uh, the, the Yorkie dance, and it's very cute. Um, we will you focus? We're still doing a podcast. I'm focusing right? as much as you can. Um, <clears throat> I don't remember where I was going. Oh my god, it's bad. Okay. <laughs> I'm not doing this again. You and your, you and your. Let's have an edible and then record a podcast. I'm not doing this again. Um, evil, evil, evil. <laughs> so we were talking about Maybon and yes. all that stuff, right? Maybon and how so, it was, it's debated that... Yeah, so uh, basically, like, you know, like, there, you've got this side that, like, well, you know, it's all, it's all made up. Then you've got the other side, you know, who, who's like, oh, no, this is all based off a real thing or a real story, and it is. Um, but the the actual holiday, the, the establishment of the Sabbath does kind of seem to be, honestly, like, kind of, like, manufactured. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, you, so you're kind of on that side of that yeah discussion okay yeah right. the, 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 the the Sabbath of Mebon was not traditional okay. the practice of honoring <clears throat> the autumnal equinox would have been mm-hmm. because it was a celestial event that was recordable and visible to yeah. the ancestors yeah okay nights mm-hmm. start to get longer yeah that's true right those are those are very powerful um we start to get into also the Daka kind of, times. Kind of in between times, right? Yeah. The, those days, yeah. Huh. Alright. What about you? Is there anything I'm, else you want to talk I'm about? I'm sitting here and I'm trying to think of, you know, I, I do this. I'm the worst for this. I will sit and I will have notes prepared for an well, episode. Let's not lie, we didn't have any notes prepared for, for tonight. For this one, well, no, because we're just rambling for this one. But even in that situation, I sit down and I try to like, you know, like in my brain, I'm like there are a couple of things I know for sure I want to just I want to touch upon tonight you know um, and I, I just to be honest I really didn't have a lot of that tonight other than the whole thing at the beginning with healing magic I don't know I don't know but but you are right though we as going back to something you said several minutes back we are, we're getting into spoopy season now yay um, or very soon I'm, I'm so looking forward to fall this year it's like it's almost it's stupid the 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 little just the, the child's giggle in my heart uh, that I get every every time I think like oh my god the summer's almost over you know um, I mean we're in Utah so maybe fall you know fall's my favorite season but, uh, well you're well you're right we get, we basically get like like you know two weeks of fall here and then we click right over into okay now it's freezing <clears throat> and it's a weird desert freeze too because it's very dry yeah um, yeah which is probably good because we people get 
way nastier winters than we do, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. So, but yeah, but I was, you know, spooky season, and beyond just being a fall and autumn, right, and the shift of the season, I'm thinking, like, what are, what are some of the, the cool things that you're looking forward to with the fall, Austin? I'm looking forward to pumpkin spice lattes. Oh, you went there. Oh, I thought, I thought you might be too, like, no, I, I can't, re- I can't reveal myself to be that basic. Um, actually, can I just stop right there? I just want to say right now that if there's anyone out there who thinks that people who like to go and get pumpkin spice lattes in the fall, that they're basic, you need to look at your priorities in your life because you are being judgmental and mean. And trust me, I also, I too enjoy being judgmental and mean. Um, but I just don't think it's nice to just, you know, like, like rip on someone for their drink, right? Yeah. I agree. Anyway, back to what you're saying. What you, what you're enjoying for the, the, the I'm excited for pumpkin spice latte because it's right. basically a happiness potion in a cup. That's very true. If you were talking about spell work. Yeah. Or like love so, spell. What well, love spell or yeah. just overall attraction and power. You got ginger, nutmeg, ginger, which is good for power. Mm-hmm. You have nutmeg, which is good for money and love. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you put allspice in there. Sometimes you don't. Yeah. Um, but allspice <coughs> is pretty good for just good, successful blessings. Um, <coughs> cinnamon, obviously... Oh, yeah. Obviously. I'm so sorry. Success, <coughs> power, energy, um, when you've got all that, you got all that sugar in there to make everything sweet. Yeah. And then the pumpkin uh, flavoring, which <coughs> is, like, pumpkins are really good for connecting to liminality. Oh, that squash. Pretty much any kind of squash. And the pumpkin is just a member of the squash family. Um, but pretty much any kind of squash, they're like, I, I think people overlook those as, like, potent magical items or focuses for things like oh my god like pumpkins think of all the shit that you can do magically with a pumpkin we have so many pumpkins growing in the garden i'm very happy about that we'll actually have a pretty cool pumpkin carving i event this year um i need to chop i need to harvest down some of the wormwood she getting she she big and bless her heart those pumpkins pulled her down finally oh that's not good so go out and cut those out because I need I tried using like the like the uh, shears oh you forgot to grab the 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 bigger clippers in the shed yeah but I don't think those will work oh because I had a pair over there Mm -hmm. and you broke them no it didn't even get you went to chop the wormwood back and the wormwood laughed and it pulled your garden cutters from your hands and threw them over the fence. That's about the spirit of Wormwood. Not really. My Wormwood actually has a pretty fluffy spirit. Well, it's a pretty fluffy plant. She's like, hello. I'm trying to hold my friends up, but they got real heavy. But I don't judge them for being a little chonky. Hmm. Wormwood sounds slightly southern in that. A little bit. In that retelling. Um, Okay, now I'm just being silly. Yeah, no, you're good. I I, I, try, I understood. I think we've been silly pretty much this entire episode. Have we? Um, I don't mean I don't mean silly like oh, oh, oh these guys are funny. I mean like silly like wow these guys are really dumb. We're um, not a little bit. Um, I'm looking forward to getting back to my very very important. Question. Yes. What are you looking forward to? For the well, fall? first of all, I, I do probably need to clarify. Earlier in the episode, I was trying to make a silly on myself about how I didn't want to do anything to shame our listeners who believe that I am like the perfect uh, podcasting witch um, which of course was 
me being sarcastic because I, I don't have that kind of ego, thank God. Um, I'm also going to say that I, I enjoy pumpkin spice lattes. And if people were going to be disappointed with me for the one thing, now the judgmental mean ones I was talking about, now they'll be disappointed with me because I admitted that. They're delicious. And anyone who doesn't like a pumpkin spice latte, that's okay. I respect Specifically, that. Specifically, it, it has to be a Starbucks pumpkin spice latte. Yeah, yeah that's They're right. the only ones that do it that's good. That's the only time I hear that I think I really go to a Starbucks. Have you been following at all all the shit that is going on with Starbucks right now and their unions? So all, all of the people in Starbucks are employees, like people who actually baristas, people who work in the store. Like, uh, in a lot of different states now, a lot of them are um, unionizing, mm-hmm. you know? And, I, and I, as far as unionizing, I would say that they've, they've, they've formed a union. They're successfully a union. But they have yet to get Starbucks to um, acknowledge them or to enter into any kind of uh, uh, negotiation around what that looks like as a unionized body of employees now what that looks like for their continued employment with Starbucks um, you know or how Starbucks ideally will have to change some of its corporate culture you know um, and I'm, I'm not trying to you know get too you know trashy with Starbucks here because you know, I, you know people love their Starbucks right whatever right but but we know that over the years Starbucks has kind of gotten into a lot of trouble with some of their corporate policy um, they've also I want to say among the big evil corporations because they're they all are they're all big evil corporations um, that Starbucks, I think, has is one that really has kind of progressed a little bit more than a lot of others. You know, yeah. like they pay their employees a livable wage in a lot of states. You know, they have, you know, uh, tuition reimbursement programs. You know, like they, they, they do try to take care for for evil corporations. They do try to take care of their people. Um, but but otherwise, they've been really shitty with these unions like they're they're there are clips on the internet right now where like employees are approaching their store manager just to try to have a conversation and the store manager is like like one one this the store manager actually like hit one of her employees um another one she just she just sat there and 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 didn't even engage no conversation at all she just sat there in stony silence while her employees were trying to just have a conversation you know um and i think they're being instructed to do this by starbucks corp unfortunately because I'm 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 kind of pro union, and and I in my pers- my view, and I know that unions are not perfect. I know that historically there's been a lot of issues with fraudulent behavior and, and illegal activity with you know certain unions, and um, you know, and I think that there's just the mentality, even if at, without actual established crime going on, and that's uh, again I want to say a, a fairly rare kind of a situation, I'm sure, but um, but even even just the perception of unions, right? Like I think back in the day we were all kind of conditioned to think that you know unions were they were all backed by the mafia <clears throat> you know they were obviously just about a group you know about big groups of lazy employees who didn't want to have to work as hard you know but work as hard as what work work as hard to actually make a, an affordable wage right for their their work you know i mean think about that i'm gonna i'm, I'm going i'm tangenting again here because i can't um i think about that sometimes historically you know and i'm not someone that would um really take a, a particular political ideology on this but um, if you look at like the propaganda and the information coming from a lot of prior eras, it's like we were kind of being conditioned, and I think this is true all the time. We're always being conditioned mm. um, by you know external sources, uh, many of them you know political, media, right, whatever. Um, you know, oh my gosh, I just sound so, I sound so conspiracy theorist right now. <coughs> but I'm um, getting back to where I was going. I think we've been conditioned by a lot of what we've seen over the years. You know, like, and you're you're younger, and I'm sure a lot of other younger people they're not going to be able to get this, but 
because I've been around a little bit longer, I remember even watching um, like Saturday morning cartoons, like old old school Looney Tunes cartoons, and there would be things in particular episodes, particular cartoons, where it would be like an anti-union kind of a sentiment, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and of course, originally the Looney Tunes they were they were not made for children; they were originally produced for for older people or adult people. Um, so there was a lot of originally very adult kinds of suggestion and humor in a lot of those old those old shows those old cartoons but um but seeing stuff like that and thinking like as a kid and not even at that point of course knowing like what the hell is a union right um and it's weird because my grandfathers were both union workers they both worked uh in steel mills on the uh, back east when the when the families first got here um but uh just thinking about like oh god i've got union old old school union members in my family but but again as a child even seeing weird shit like that in, in something as odd as a saturday morning cartoon like an anti-union kind of a sentiment mm-hmm. um and then just growing up and, and with that seed planted like oh yeah unions must be bad unions are something we make fun of so unions must be bad you know i'm sitting here relating this and i'm feeling kind of vulnerable right now because this isn't just like some made up bullshit story like that was like a very personal like this was a real thing and what perhaps worse that's the weird shit that used to clock my head as a young person <sighs> i have no childhood i would not allow myself to enjoy a childhood it's because you're an old soul i don't know if that's true and if it is i'm not sure i want to be an old soul anymore i don't think you have a choice is there like some sort of cream or botox injection i can get into my soul that will help me to stop the aging spiritual process? retinol Yes, I need some spiritual retinol. Spiritual retinol, psychic collagen. Yes, there better be collagen in there. I was just going to say. I was just, there better be collagen in there. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. So. You know what I'm excited for as well for fall? No, but you're going to tell me. It will be our five-year Avernursery. Did you say Avernursery? Avernursery. Yes. Occasions. Bubbles. Don't uh, sue us, SNL. Okay. Anyway, um, I don't think they have enough with that just to just to be able to quite. I think I think we're I think we're in the clear. Um, you are right. Yes. Yes. You and I will have been together for five years mm-hmm. on October seventeenth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and that's exciting. I say together to our listeners. And those of you who don't know us, I just want to be really clear. Basically, Austin and I were in some sort of freak accident, and we're actually surgically attached to each other. Ah, so yes. when we talk about being together, that's what we mean. And we're, we're trying to save up money uh, to afford to get a surgery to separate us. But only one of us will live, most likely. Most likely. Also, the, that surgery is going to be really expensive for the survivor to, like, to pay those medical bills. Yeah. Alone, even because you just killed your, you know, your 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 body twin, right? To have to pay that alone, no one wants to find themselves in that situation. And I'm sorry, but the medical system in the U.S. sucks. So, yeah, but we're we're trying to save up the money yeah. to get the surgery. Feel free to Venmo me at salty, which is podcast <laughs> at Venmo dot com. <laughs> that's not a real thing don't try to send money to that you'll you will be you will be scammed you will be you will be, yes um, <clears throat> anyway um <laughs> why'd you why'd you do that um distract me like this you know now i won't be able to get back to the <laughs> stupid point i was trying to make <laughs> five um, years together yes anyway um surgically attached yeah yeah but anyway that was that was the yeah that was the thing 
So, I don't know. If I, I one of these days I'll remember to actually like upload and get the um, Patreon page for the web or the the podcast done, and um, who knows? Maybe maybe then we'll actually we'll start raising some of the money we need for this very important surgery. <laughs> yes, and there will be a video cast too of the surgery. Yes. Oh my god, that sounds terrifying. Oh, it's like gonna be like one of those. Have you ever seen those like, those shows on Discovery? I can't really watch them for too long not because I get grossed out by that stuff because the human anatomy is fascinating for me and I'm, I'm not everyone that's been squeamish about blood but um it's I can't watch them for very long because I'll watch like an episode or two and then and I'm talking about the shows where they get like really graphic where they like actually show you like like a doctor like giving someone a heart you know uh, replacing a heart, uh, you know or some some sort of weird surgery you know and you're looking at this person's intestines right like on camera like I remember a few years ago it was a reality TV series um, and they did that anyway but I couldn't I couldn't ever really get comfortable watching that show because this weird part of me was I was like if I watch more than two episodes in a row and I ke- click to continue that means I'm a serial killer <laughs> because all they've done is chop people up <laughs> and I'm finding this fascinating um and it is it is fascinating um I'm just I'm just joking I'm I'm not a serial killer for for that reason yeah um, I'm blinking twice for help no one can see you. It's not a video That's cast. why I said I'm blinking twice for help. Well, there's no one here to see you. The dogs see me. Yes, the dogs will defend you. Ugh. <coughs> Silliness. <laughs> um, that's all I got. I think really, to be honest, we're over an hour and we probably... We have an episode. With the foolishness going on here, we really, to be honest, this, we probably should have stopped this at 20 minutes because we've just been idiots for the last hour <laughs> we're gonna i i i actually I, I want us to get comments back on this episode because i would love to hear what everyone has to say uh in expressing their uh i, I would hope not too much disappointment in our behavior and not being able to keep it together to present a, a real episode <laughs> i think i should name the episode high hopes High hopes. <laughs> okay, high, high hopes for a good episode. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, but if, if you have an opinion on, on this episode, please, please contact us. Let us know. <coughs> um, who knows? Maybe maybe this will be the new thing, right? We'll just start to, to do a witchy podcast. But we'll, I, don't we'll need I, like could, a, I don't think I could be high that for like, We'll need like a structured, like like thing so that way we can approach each subject and be like what did you think even, what did i mean I, yeah i was just like yeah that would be like even then i don't think we'd stay on topic oh my goodness um i think that's okay, okay well, who knows, maybe, i'm sure people still learn I, shit knows, maybe people will enjoy this um or or keep this recorded somewhere and use it to blackmail us one day um yeah anyway so we will be back we're recording uh uh well there we're we're going to be recording a second episode this week. Um, it's not going to be released immediately, but we uh, will uh, be back uh, on Friday. Not that you're... I don't know why I'm saying this. It's not like this is live. You're not going to know that. Where was I going? <laughs> oh my God. Austin. Jeez. You and your... You and your druggy connections my god this edible anyway and i'll have you know when i was younger i held my drugs very well <laughs> i guess as i've aged i'm just not so good at it anymore um 
Anyway, I'm explaining to them, like, you'll see us here on Friday. It's like, no, they won't. Because that episode <laughs> isn't going to air anytime soon. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. we got to turn the microphone off, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> so you can't even speak. Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll, this is uh, the epitome of that edible eight. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yes. yes. I'm not feeling anything. Uh, we'll, we'll see you guys or, or talk at you on the next episode. Have a good night. <laughs> <laughs>